0: This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, children of the Most High God. You are precious in the sight of the Lord. And I am so blessed to ministering the Word of God to you again. Now, Give yourselves a great big praise, God, for being in church this morning. All of you in the auditorium, in the overflow room, in the family room, give yourselves a great big praise, God, for being in church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Today's message is, come to me all you that are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. That's what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. So we learned that this rest comes, uh, there are a few components here. One, you have to get saved, you have to give your life to Jesus, that's what he's referring to, and then also, you have to uh, uh, walk in certain conditions, like, uh, we'll discuss that in detail here today, actually, are certain other aspects of this that we need to pay attention to. All right. Now, God sent Samuel, the prophet, to go and see Jesse and anoint one of his sons to be king. That's over in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16. And when he got to Jesse's house... Jesse called out his sons and lined them up. There were seven of them. He lined them all up. And then he brought them one by one before the prophet Samuel. And uh, each time God said, no, not this one, not this one. And finally all seven had passed by in front of the prophet. And so he said to to Jesse the father, Do you have any other sons? And he said, yes, just a little shepherd boy. He's the youngest of all the sons. He's out in the fields looking after a handful of sheep out there. And so the prophet said, We will not sit down and eat until such time as he comes and stands before me. And so when he came, God said the following in 1 Samuel 16, verse 12. So Jesse sent and brought David in. Now he was ruddy and bright-eyed and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise, Samuel, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, poured on his head, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. I love that. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Now, David has a history of being a worshiper, a deep, continuous worshiper of God. We know that he was good playing the harp. We know he did that. Well, because even King Saul called for him to come play the harp in his presence. And uh, he would sit in the meadows, probably on a log or a rock or something, and he would worship God all day while he was looking out for the sheep. They are just eating the grass in front of him. He had nothing to do. He just worshipped God. And the Spirit of the Lord, as a result, came upon David in a mighty way. The anointing comes when we worship, family. When we worship God, the Spirit of God descends upon us. Because He's seeking those who worship Him. That means He comes to be with those who worship Him. So, the Bible tells us that David slew his lion and his bear. It tells us, in fact, several lions and several bears, not just one of each. One particular explanation was that the lion came, took one of his little lambs, and trotted off with it. And David ran off the lion, took it by the beard, and said, not so fast, Mr. Lion, not so fast. And the lion thought to himself, hmm, who is this? Maybe this will be lunch and the lamb will be breakfast. So <laughs> but David took that lion and tore him to pieces with his bare hands. That's what the anointing did on David. He was an ordinary, young, 17, 16-year-old shepherd boy. Nothing special about him except that he worshiped God. That's the only thing that was different. And yet, God worked through him so supernaturally. He never asked God, can I go and get that lamb from the lion? Do I have permission? No, he just ran off the lion. He had never seen anything like that before. No example anywhere. He never heard from God. And God never spoke to him. He just ran off the lion. Took it by the beard and slew it. And a bear. Let me tell you, these bears are... Serious, ferocious animals, and he slew them. Now, in those years, in those times, they had bears and they had lions in Israel. So, the reason he's able to do that was the anointing of God. There's nothing that we can't do by the presence and anointing of God. Through worship, through worship. Another example is in Second Kings chapter three. With um, the war against the Moabites. Now, three kings set out to fight the Moabites. Uh, you know, they learnt that they are descendants of Lot, uh, where his two daughters committed incense with him when he was drunk, and Moab and Ammon were born, and the Moabites, descendants of Lot, uh, were living evil lives. They weren't following God. So, anyhow, they ran out of water as they were marching to war, and their animals were dying, and the soldiers couldn't survive, and so they went to visit the prophet Elisha. Now, Elisha used to serve Elijah. He was his servant, volunteered, volunteered, and uh, the Bible tells us that Jehoshaphat, the king, said, we're in trouble. Let's go, go ask God for help. Let's go and find the prophet of God, Elisha, and ask him what to do. So when they got there, the Bible tells us that Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah. It just simply means he worshipped him, not worshipped him, he served him. So when he got to Elisha, when they, the three kings got there, imagine this, three kings go and see a prophet of God. Now that's what I'm talking about. When Influential people come to us, you, for help and advice. That's going to happen soon. You'll see. So anyhow, they tell Elisha their problem. Long story short, Elisha says, fine. And he calls for a musician to come play the harp and worship God. So this musician is worshiping God. And the presence of the Lord came down on the prophet Elisha. And Elisha began to prophesy. And he said, You will not see wind and you will not see the rain. But water will come by way of Edom, from Edom, flowing through the hills and the valleys through this wilderness. And it will fill up the ditches and he told them, God said, go build, dig ditches. It'll fill up the ditches and you'll have all the water you need. The whole valley will be full of water for you, your animals, more than you need. So off these three men went. And then the next morning, at the time of the grain offering, the water came. No rain. No thunder, no lightning, no wind. Silently, silently, millions of gallons and liters of water came rolling uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill, and filled all those trenches. You know what the prophet said? God said this. He said, this is what's going to happen tomorrow. This water's going to come, and that is but a simple thing. In the eyes of God to do. A simple thing for God to do. That's what God said. The prophet said, God said, this is a simple thing for me to do. Amazing. Can we see that these strange things happen? In other words, there's nothing that God is not willing to do for us. I mean, Joshua stopped the sun in the sky. He didn't ask for permission for that. So the thing is, anything we want to trust God for, he'll do. Whatever. Whosoever will have whatever he says, if he believes it in his heart, he says it with his mouth, he believes in his words. So, and then God also said to the prophet, I'll also give you victory over the Moabites. I'll give you victory over the Moabites. And that's exactly what happened. They conquered them, and everybody was happy. Praise the Lord. So now We've seen the power of worship, the results of worship. I need to mention this to you because it's vitally important. You know, family, I can't understand why folks can be on time for work every day, never miss the aircraft when they go to the airport, they're always on time for the flight, they have time for almost everything except church. Folks come into church five minutes late, 10 minutes late, 20 minutes late. Some even come while the preaching's on. Some even come at the end at the altar call. Thank God they get saved, I guess. But um, is that the way we should do this? People don't understand the blessing that they are missing in their lives because they're not worshiping God collectively people don't understand what God does here's the deal here's the deal we must come to church to worship God for what we are believing him to do for us all that we believe God is going to do for us just worship him and thank him for it by faith thank you father you've got this it's a done deal and I'm worshiping you as a demonstration of my faith Because worship is the highest expression of our faith. There's no greater faith to be demonstrated than to stand and worship God. It shows the angels and the demons and God that you are happy and blessed and your faith is in the Lord and He has taken care of all your needs. When you worship Him, God begins to move. God begins to move. So, I would like to encourage you. When church starts, be in your seat. Be in your seat. Some folks have the idea that singing and worshiping God is just something we do before church starts with a teaching of the Word. They think teaching of the Word is church, and worship is just trying to, Wait for people to come. No. We're not singing waiting for people to come. That is extremely important. Get to church. And all of you watching at home or wherever you are, do you understand what you're missing? The blessings that you are forfeiting by not being in church to worship God? I don't think we comprehend the value, the benefits of God moving in our lives, in our children, in our parents, in our family, in our future, because we worship God. When you get to heaven one day, you're going to regret so much that you didn't come to church to worship God. Because you'll see what you would have had and accomplished. So many folks I know are believing God, using their faith, but they don't have the breakthroughs. They don't have the breakthroughs. Here's the key. Worship God, and your breakthrough will come quick, effective. You'll be shocked. All right. Now then, the following scripture, the next scripture, Notice in this next scripture that the presence of the Lord or the anointing brings refreshing, refreshing. So when we worship God, the presence of God will bring refreshing, right? When we press into God by worshiping Him, we are refreshed and this refreshing comes by worship. Psalm 92 and verse 10. But you have made me... As strong as a wild bull. How refreshed I am by your power, your anointing. How refreshed I am by your power and your anointing. So say that with me. When I worship God and His anointing comes, I am refreshed. Praise God. And this refreshing or anointing strengthens us. Strengthens us. We can face the challenges of life with confidence and boldness and overcome them and beat them. If you win the war in your heart, you'll win the war in the natural. But if you remain defeated in your heart, you will never conquer in the natural. You've got to be up on the inside and positive when you face the challenges of life. Worship God. It will put you in a place of victory on the inside and then on the outside. There's one initial baptism in the Holy Spirit. However, there are many refillings, or you might say refreshings, in the Holy Spirit. And these are available to all of us. So, you get full of the Holy Ghost one time, speak in tongues. But after that, there are many refreshings, or you might say topping up. Remember, these believers, in the next verse, were already filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke in tongues back in Acts chapter 2. Now they're going to have a refreshing here in Ephesians 5.18. It says, And do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So Paul, the apostles, right in the church at Ephesus, who were speaking in tongues already And he says, Don't be drunk with wine, but be full of the Spirit. So, why does he say to people who do speak in tongues, Be full of the Spirit? He's saying, Be refreshed. Don't be drunk with wine. You see, drinking wine is Satan's cheap imitation. Getting drunk with alcohol is Satan's cheap imitation. So, when you are full of the Spirit, people can't tell the difference between a drunk person and a Holy Ghost person. The Greek implies that we should be continually refreshed with the Holy Spirit. In other words, be refreshed with a fresh anointing. Be refreshed with a fresh anointing. Every day, every morning, before we go out to face the day, let's make sure that we are refreshed with a fresh anointing. How do we do this? How do we stir up this anointing of the Holy Spirit within us? How do we stir it up? Well, I'm going to give you seven basic principles which you all know but need to be mentioned again. We need to pay attention to them and put them into practice. Knowing them is one thing. Being a doer of this is a totally different thing. All right? Number one, Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. I've told you before, I like to spend two hours a day praying in the Spirit. Sometimes I spend a lot more than that. And sometimes maybe an hour, depending if I have pressing, urgent things I have to take care of. Uh, But mostly, I will spend two hours a day praying in tongues. And sometimes much more than that. Recently, I have been spending more than that in praying in tongues. So, second thing, worship God. Worship God. Now, you can worship God collectively, like I spoke about in church, but you can also worship God personally, privately, at home, sing in tongues or sing in English. I like to just tell God how much I love Him. Father, I love you, and I worship you. I love you, Father, and I worship you. I just talk to him like that. I find myself saying that when I'm in the shower or singing in tongues, driving in the car, saying that or singing in tongues or just talking to the Lord in the Spirit. Make a habit of that. Develop that in your life where you don't have to think about it. You just do it. All right. Number three, read the Word of God. Because faith comes by the Word, right? So how can I be bold in faith if I'm not feeding my faith? We need to feed our faith every day. Feed our faith every day. You know, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, mighty man of God, only got born again when he was 50 and died when he was 87, but changed the world with his faith. He raised about 23 people from the dead. He picked them up stood him against the wall and commanded them to walk. I, that I've heard of, 23, there might be more than that. Amazing man of God. Incredible faith. But anyway, um, every time he would have lunch or dinner or whatever it is, doesn't matter who he is with, he would say, okay, fine, we've now fed our bodies, now let's feed our spirit with the word of God. Let's eat from the Word of God. And you would read a few verses from the Scripture. So let's feed our faith, continually keep our faith up, because you never know when you're going to have to use faith in an emergency. All right? Read the Word of God. Number four. Did you know in America, I'm, I'm sure it's the same anywhere in the world, that only 20% of Americans actually believe the Bible is the word of God without fault, a faultless, divine-inspired written word from God. Others believe it's a good book. Even God might have written some of it. But only 20% believe, is a Bonner report, that the Bible is... Inspired, divinely written, without mistakes, without fault. I'm so glad I'm one of those. And um, did you know this? That only 12% of Americans actually read the Bible four days a week or more. And I guess it's the same in South Africa. Once again, I'm so glad that I'm one of those 12%. I assure you right now, family... Your faith in God and walking in the Spirit will accomplish a hundred times more for you than all your effort natural. People put so much effort into going to college, going to school, educating themselves. And they think that's going to solve all their problems. I assure you right now, that's important. But what I'm talking about is a million times more important and will give you thousands of times more success because God can do for you much more than you can do for you all right number four always give the Lord Jesus and the father the glory when things happen in life just say everybody praise God somebody gives you a compliment praise God turn it to praising God give, make a habit of directing the praise to God God likes that. Number five, let us be bold to move in faith and minister to people's needs when we sense the Holy Spirit leading us to do so. Don't ignore people's problems. If you sense, wow, I love that person, God's compassion is reaching out to you in their need, respond to that, minister to that, pray for them. When you pray like that, It's the Holy Spirit unctioning you. You know, I know this. When I sense the love of God reaching out to somebody in a service who's got a problem, I know right away they're going to get healed. God's not going to give me that for the person if he's not planning to heal them. Do that. Step out on the water. Be bold to move in faith and minister to people's needs, especially when the door opens. Number six, it's much easier to hear God's voice after praying in the Spirit for a while. So if you want guidance from God by knowing in your heart that you have a peace to do something or you have a check in your spirit, and uneasiness not to do it, that's going to come real clear after you've had a little time in prayer and in the Word every day. Number seven, walk in love. Walk in love. Let the love of God direct your life and control your life. We're not going to have God's blessing if we are rude and abrupt, hate people, don't forgive people, criticize people, talk bad about people, badmouth people. Forget it. We're not going to have the blessing of God. We're not. Let love dominate our behavior. Make a point of that. Be conscious of that. I'll also recommend number eight, if I may, that you join a fellowship group or join a dream team. Join, become a dream team member or join a fellowship group in the church. If you belong to a fellowship group, you'll find it much easier to stay full of the Holy Spirit because you'll be ministering to people or in the dream team, you'll be ministering to people and they'll be ministering to you. And you start becoming, you start ministering to people like that, you'll find yourself growing spiritually and being fed spiritually and walking in the anointing more. You'll be surprised at what will happen in your life if you'll do that. The anointing will equip you for any task ahead, just like we heard of David just like we heard what happened to Jehoshaphat, and his many examples in the Bible. But the anointing will prepare you for any and every task ahead of you. David, as we said, is a great example of that. So let's have a look at Psalm 63 and verse 1. David says this, O oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. In other words, I have looked for you to be refreshed by you, by your presence. I have sought you out to be refreshed by you, by your presence looking for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. David was a man who spent time alone with God. We saw that as a teenager and his whole life. He was known as a worshiper. David craved the presence of God. He craved the anointing, the glory. God did not disappoint David. He found what he was looking for. Praise the Lord. He found what he was looking for mightily blessed of God. As, I heard, as you heard, all those brothers lined up. God didn't choose one of them. The father, the mother, not one of those other brothers thought about David out in the fields. Hey, don't let's do this, Prophet Samuel. David's not here yet. No, no one thought about him. But God knew where he was, out in the fields worshiping God. You see, God knows where his worshipers are. And God took that little worshiper, that little shepherd boy, and put him on the throne of Israel, made him king. And Jesus today sits on the throne of David. Isn't that interesting? God sits on the throne of a worshiper. There's no limit to the blessing that God will give to his worshippers. He knows where you are. The moment you start... Worshiping God, I can promise you right now, people will seek you out to promote you and bless you. Come to church early. Don't let the devil lie to you, trap you, keep you out of church. Come worship God. Experience the presence of His joy and His blessing. Matthew 7, verse 7. Jesus said, ask And it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. What an incredible promise from Jesus to his children. There's no limits, family. Whatever it is you trust in God for, It's yours. It's yours. So, yes, the Lord is the strength of our life. He's the strength of our life. So would you kindly just close your eyes and would you just raise your hands like this and say, tell Jesus how much you love Him. Tell the Holy Spirit how much you love Him. Tell the Father how much you love Him. Say, Father, I love you and I worship you. Just talk to God here now. Begin to talk to God, everybody, everywhere. Father, I worship you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for your presence in me and on me. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for eternity in heaven. Thank you that I live in your glory and your light and your presence forever. Thank you, Father. For every provision that you're going to give me in heaven, for a home, a mansion in heaven. Thank you, Father, that I'll be with my friends and family in heaven forever. Thank you, Father, for the wonderful streets of gold and the precious fruit of the trees and the green grass and the flowers and the birds. Thank you, Father, for all your goodness in heaven. Thank you for all that you've prepared for us. No more pain. No more sorrow. Thank you for wiping away every tear once and for all. Thank you, Father, for all this through Jesus. Oh, God, we are so grateful. Thank you, Father, I worship you for my salvation. Thank you, Father, that I am bound for heaven. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We worship you. We worship you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here today. You know, family, people don't know the difference between mercy and grace. God's mercy will meet your needs. And God's grace has provided everything we ever need in heaven. God's grace has forgiven us And restored us to himself. And then God is merciful to all those who accept his grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Father. We worship you. Tell him again. Tell him, tell him, we love you, Father. We worship you. Wonderful God. Wonderful God. Say this I receive. I receive. Say that, please. Everybody. I receive. Your presence to fall on me, to fill me. Your presence to fill me right now with your joy, your anointing, your love, O God. Thank you. I love you and I worship you. I receive your presence upon my hands, my head, my whole body right now there is. There is. The anointing's falling right now. The anointing's falling like the rain. God said, come to us like the rain, like the early rain and the latter rain It will come. And God said, I'll pour out of my spirit, pouring out His spirit like rain upon His people. God's touching you. Keep your eyes closed. Stay focused. Get Draw in to God. Draw in close to God now. Tell God you're hungry for more of Him. I'm hungry for you, Father, like David. I'm hungry for you. Hungry for more of God. I'm thirsty for God. Thirsty for more of God. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Just thank Him. Praise you, God. I worship you. I worship you. The anointing of God is filling this room. I just sense it everywhere right now. And the joy is flowing. Praise God. Praise God. Let that joy bubble up in you. Let that joy of laughter bubble up in you. Don't hold back. Yield to the joy of God. Yield to that laughter. That's right. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And the keyboard can keep quiet right now. All the musicians can stop playing at this point. Thank you. Just quietness let everybody just praise God and let the joy flow thank you let the laughter of the Lord be heard the laughter that shows the angels and the devil that we have been set free by Jesus we are blessed of God we are his children hallelujah 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 go ahead family let that joy fill your hearts thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Praise God, praise God. Hmm. Hallelujah. I'm just going to stay silent for a while and just let the anointing flow. Just let the anointing flow through the congregation. Praise God. All of you that want to experience a touch from God, a refreshing from God, you want to be full of the Holy Spirit, you want to speak in tongues, you need healing, you need deliverance, you need um, the joy, come on down here to the front right now. Or if you are experiencing a special anointing upon you right now, In a special way, God's dealing with you. Come down to the front. These pastors and leaders in the front here are prepared. They have spent time in prayer today, this morning. They are spiritually ready for this. They're going to lay hands on you and minister to you. And the anointing of God is upon them to minister to you. So come on down here. And let them pray for you right now. God will meet your need. Come on down right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, praise God. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for all that he's done here today. You may go back to your seats once you've been ministered to. And uh, once you get to your seat, would you kindly bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to do the altar call here. praise God every head bowed please every eye closed and if you're on the floor lying on the floor that's fine you're under the joy of the Lord that's fine just close your eyes close your eyes if the joy of the Lord is on you just close your eyes while you're right in the front doesn't matter if you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and you don't know Him and you want to be sure you're going to heaven and you're not, I'm going to count to three. If you put your hand up, I'll include you in the prayer I'm going to pray and God will give you that assurance right there in your seat this morning. You'll know that you're forgiven. You'll know you're bound for heaven. You'll know God is your Father today. All right. I'm going to count to three. Slip your hand up and I'll include you in this prayer. One, two, three. Praise God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. This is between you and God. A very important moment. Most important decision in your life right now. It's not reject God, but accept Him as your Savior. So lift those hands. Okay. Someone's coming to pray with you right now. And put their hand on your shoulder to let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while I say this prayer. And I invite everybody present to say this prayer with me so that those who are raising their hands will not feel shy. And I ask you that raise your hands to say the prayer, especially you. Let's pray together. Everybody say this. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. You punished Him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Please forgive me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come into my heart. Thank you, Jesus. I declare, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Therefore, I am saved. I'm bound for heaven. God is my Father. I love you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Praise God if you said that for the first time. Give all those people a great big praise God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources.